Welcome to Talk with Joe Meyer. Another day, everybody. Hopefully everyone's doing well. Just wanted to take this time to reach out to everybody and see how everyone's doing. I take these time and pleasure in taking these time with you, everybody. So getting to know my audience, getting to know each and every one of you out there who wants to get to know me and for those who don't want to get to know me, <laughs> those are the people I want to reach to. So welcome. So I'm here today and on this Wednesday hump day and thinking about, you know, the week, thinking about what do I want to talk to everyone about today? What is it that I need to say that's so important? You know, there's going to be a lot of important things I'm going to say today, but I think where I want to go today is start a little bit on my life. And this is not just to make it about myself. This is to, to, to reflect of who I am, what kind of person I am, because many people don't take the time to get to know me. This is going to be my time where I hope to get my voice out there to others around there so that they can say, hey, you know, who is Joseph Meyer? Who is he? I don't get to talk to him. But, you know, maybe I can listen to his podcast and get a glimpse of who he is, get a glimpse of his annoying voice, and, and go from there, right? I know, we live in a selfish world where it's just about us, right? It's just about what I do, what my life is about, what, you know, what about other people in this life, right? Well, no, I'm not all about that, but let's start somewhere, right? I'll just say this. I'm 40 years old, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm, I'm not 20. I've lived life a while, and life is unpredictable. And although I would like life to be predictable sometimes, it doesn't always work out that way. I have a lot of just pressure in my life these days. I have a family, roof over my head, rent, bills, you know, things like any normal person would have. But you know, I just think about, you know, how I got to this point, you know? Last few days ago, I played um, Back in Time, right? As my background. And just thinking about what would I do if I went back in time? You know, honestly, I don't remember my youth. I remember glimpses, blips, but I don't remember everything, unfortunately. And that's because of my childhood. Growing up, I grew up in um, Los Angeles. Mom and dad divorced when I was very young, probably around five years old. Me and my sister and my mom moved in with my grandfather. Somebody that you're probably gonna hear about a lot in my life because I, to be honest, he probably did the most damage in my life, you know? So, where do I begin? I want this to be not only a talk with Joe, not only a talk to get to know who I am, but for you to get to know me and say, hey, you know what? I can relate to Joe. I can relate to him. He is somebody who's relatable. 
And I think that's important. I think all too many, there's too many voices out there and I can't relate to a lot of people, but some I can. And maybe that's true for you too. But hopefully you can relate, you can hear my voice. You can, it brings you comfort, hopefully one day. Some, some voices out there bring you comfort, some bring you laughter, some bring you sadness, some bring you a lot of different things. Uh, my, my point here of being here with all of you is hopefully to bring you a little bit of both. Bring you some laughter, bring you some sadness, bring you some reality to what I go through at times, what my passions are, um, what do I hope to accomplish still? Even if I'm 40 years old, I still have a while to go. Right? Um, and there's many people out there who, who truly, truly succeed. If you want to count success as having a lot of money and uh, having uh, a lot of wealth and uh, a lot of possessions, many of them got them late in life, you know? 45, 50, 60, 70, 80. Um, so one of the areas of my life that I focus on as my passion is writing. I love to write. I'm a blogger, as I probably mentioned that in a previous pod. Um, I'm now a podcaster. Um, I am working on creating a novel, which I'm editing as we speak. There is, a, you know, there's not really a working title yet, but it's going to come along. I... I don't really want to create a title on a book yet until I fully feel that it's complete, you know, and then maybe I can create a title that matches, you know. Um, I've been working on that book since April of last year. Wow. Finished the first draft October of last year. Whew. Since then, trying to edit the thing which has been really a challenge because editing is hard <laughs> for anybody who's ever written a book. Add into the fact that I have a family. I don't have a private room to do my work in. I have to do it in a living room, which sometimes there's people running around. Um, my daughter wants to use a computer. And so it's a lot of distraction sometimes. So I have to surely but surely, um, slowly but surely, I have to make efforts to edit it each week, which I do. I try to make a consistent effort. I can't do it every day. I probably could, but, you know, do I want to get up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning to edit my book? People do it every day, right? I mean, there's people who have the discipline to do it, and God bless them. You know, they, they have that discipline, and, and they get their, their book done quicker, easier to, ready to publish, either indie or to a... a standard publication uh, or they stay up late at night you know where when everybody goes to sleep and they're two o'clock in the morning and I actually have a good friend of mine we'll call him Bob <laughs> who does that you know um, he has family he has kids but you know I think he's single um, I'm not sure but you know he spends in the evenings he's also like a screenwriter um, very talented guy and uh, he's actually the one who encouraged me to get back into writing. Writing was one of those things that I was doing as a child. So I would say around, you know, I was writing, maybe starting at 10 years old, I was writing mini stories. And then I um, 
created like mostly creative stories like about monsters. I'd write about movies. Um, a lot of it's on my blog where I was able to um, find about 20 pieces of work stories and I basically took those stories I put them on my blog I wrote about them I wrote a synopsis I wrote like a description of what the story was about and I try to put some effort into it um, took a lot of work and time but it was worth it I, I hope I can preserve those stories um, they're really not just for me they're I, I really do it for my daughter my family so they can have something from me you know it's it's just um I think about what day when I leave this earth. You know, what am I going to leave behind? Yeah, a lot of parents leave money, possessions, a house, cars, whatever. But I, I take great personal pleasure in my writing. Especially it's something that, you know, you can pass down to to your daughter, your, you know, kids, wife one day. And if you are lucky enough to get it published, you know, it's going to be out there. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I haven't actually gotten to publishing yet. I'm I'm hoping that would be one day. You know, that would be a great honor and a great accomplishment for me in my mind. I, I'm not saying I'm going to be a millionaire, although that would be nice. Who wouldn't want to be the next J.K. Rowling or Don Winslow or Stephen King or, you know, James Patterson or one of those huge authors that is very successful, right? I hope so. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not writing as one of those situations where it's not necessarily an age thing. It's a, it's a skill. It's a technique. And if you have something that somebody wants and that somebody feels they can publish and make money off of, you'll make it, you know, but you know, there's a lot of competition out there. Um, it's very difficult to make it sometimes. And if you've ever gone to a Barnes and Noble, there's probably millions of books out there that people have published. Some of them sell, some of them don't. Some of them just sit on the shelf. But hey, they're still published, right? They can call themselves a published author, which is what most of us want to do. Be, in my case, my opinion. Um, or you can go indie or independent and just self-publish and um, go sell it on Amazon. You know, direct to the public takes a, it's a little bit harder to make money or the kind of money that you want to make but you're still published right you know so that that writing is an important passion for me and it's also writing a book blogging i i write a blog for the need to live which is a um, it's a small company based in the uk um, and they produce uh, products they produce blogs which I write for one of them um, as an everyday role model and uh, basically we create content um, for our college students primarily um, so definitely go look on the need to live um, dot com there's they should be out there um, or you can come find me on one of my blogs and go search for them and I I, I have them out there I, at Twitter I actually promote them quite often Every week I write a blog and I promote it on my Twitter page. Um, so, or I also do it on Facebook and sometimes I do it on LinkedIn. You know, so it just depends, you know, um, what kind of blog I wrote. So 
but that, that you know that's kind of where my writing has been lately um i'm not a professional i'm not somebody who you know you'll see when you read writing you may find typos you may find gra- grammatical errors because you know it's just coming from the heart i i i'm not one of those people yet where i'll take a blog i'll spend days and days and days just focusing on it um it's it's more of a personal passion it's not trying to make money off it or anything like that and some people do some people are very successful at making blogs that make a lot of money for them you know and i wish i i could do that that would be awesome and be able to work from home anytime you know <laughs> um but it's something i i continue to do um but going back into my writing is when I started, you know, at a young age, I, it was my way to escape. Um, I had a very hard childhood, I think. I know some pe- many people out there have probably had a lot worse, but, you know, I lived with a um, grandfather who was very verbally abusive, put me down for most of my childhood, starting at, you know, a young age. He was old school, as they say, you know, but that's no excuse to treat your grandson or granddaughter like crap. Um, And it affected me. And, um, you know, my mom, I don't blame her. She tried. Uh, We didn't have a lot of strong support system financially. We didn't have a strong family support system willing to help us. Um, So she had to depend on him. And, you know, and she tried her best. She did work. She she provided for us. She sacrificed. Um, she went through hell and back for us, for me and my sister. Um, but, you know, we were never rich. If, if someone was to look at us today in the same situation, we would be considered poor, basically. You know, that that's... And we didn't exactly live poor because we lived with my grandfather and he had a house. Um, and we lived with him. But I call it the house of horrors, you know. Um, only because verbal abuse every day. You know, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're worthless, you're this, you're that. You know, that's the kind of life I lived through. And my mom defended us. She defended us. She defended my sister and I from that torture, from that abuse. Um, And it it was difficult, you know. Um, She got in a lot of fights all the time with him. And he would verbally abuse her. And we, I feel bad, you know, thinking back on my life, I think, well, you know, okay, my age, which right now, okay, um, 40 years old, my mom was a young woman. She, she had a lot of, a big future. She, I think she started in some type of nursing or nursing assistant in, you know, early in her age. And then she got married, my father. Had me and my sister, they got divorced, and her life it was never the same after that. I don't know if she just had a difficult time, you know, in life or the support system, but I would say this. If you live in a, a, a place where people constantly put you down, don't encourage you, um, you're never going to, it's going to be very difficult to go anywhere unless you really push yourself. I won't say that... It's impossible because people do it every day. I've seen people that are that come from poverty, come from being homeless, and go do wonderful things. But not everybody has that spirit. Not everybody has that drive 
You know, some people need a little extra help. I think I'm a lot like my mom um, in a way because, you know, I know I can accomplish a lot. And from the outside, people will look at me, look at my background, and they'll say I'm accomplished. But I don't feel accomplished. I really don't. I feel kind of worthless at times. I feel like I haven't reached my peak in my life. And, and you know, part of that's my problem because I made mistakes. I, I didn't really feel I had a lot of guidance growing up. I felt like many times I was just worthless. Um, so that's what made it very difficult um, because especially growing up, you know, there was not a lot of physical abuse. There was some. It's not like I was beaten or anything, but I was disciplined regularly. You know, profanity was constantly thrown my way by my grandfather in his put-downs. Um, and so I was, that was very difficult. Mm. So I lived with my grandfather and my mom and my sister until about I was about 18 years old. And 18 or 19, then I moved out. I went to college up north in Northern California. It wasn't the right experience for me. I just was not having it. I would just, I was homesick. I was failing my classes. I was just, I didn't have the support. Again, I just came back home, I, I, which I regret to this day. I wish somebody would have said, Joseph, you're going to do great. You're going to do fine. Just stick it out. We are here for you. We support you. Um, and it, and you know, it's going to get hard, but it's going to be okay. We, we are going to be here for you. I didn't have anybody telling me that, to be honest. I, I had to self-motivate, and I've been self-motivating myself until now. I don't have people to this day telling me that. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying my wife or my sister or my family don't tell me, don't motivate me in a way. But, you know, it's not the same. You know, it's not the same anymore, you know, when you get older. No one's patting you on the back. And, and I didn't have that as a child, really. So I don't really know what that feels like. Many people growing up, they many people were always being told, hey, you're great, son. You're great, daughter. You know, we're proud of you. You know, this and that. And I didn't really have a lot of that. I'm not saying my mom didn't say she wasn't proud of me. I'm sure she was. And she loved us. She's now deceased since 2015. God rest her soul. But, um... She, I mean, she went through hell. You know, um, she had her own problems. She was sick a lot. You know, she she dealt with, we our, me and my family have weight issues at times. We deal with those health issues. She had them throughout her adult life. And, you know, so I'm thinking now when I graduated high school, she, she was about my age now. So, you know, she had me, I think, at 22 or something. Yeah, about 22. Um, so I can only imagine, like, what would it be like if my daughter was just graduating high school now? <laughs> you know, pretty scary thought. Although I'd be very proud of her, um, it would be... It would be very difficult because I was just not ready 
you know, I just was not ready for um, that at that point in my life at 22. I could not raise a child. I, I just couldn't raise it. I didn't have the financial means. Um, I didn't have the financial means. I, um, I didn't have the maturity. So it was one of those situations where you know, I just wasn't ready. Today, you know, I'm ready. I, I had my daughter late in life, 30s. And I'm thankful for that, you know. Don't know if I'll have any more kids. It'd be nice one day, but if not, it's okay. I'm perfectly content with my daughter. She's seven, and she keeps me busy as it is. <laughs> you know, so if anybody out there has a seven-year-old, most of us who have kids know what it means to be busy with kids, kid, or even one is busy enough. Um, but yeah, that that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that part of my life. But um, growing up, Going to school, trying to push myself, trying to motivate myself in spite of being verbally abused by my grandfather, living in a house of horrors, um, seeing my dad every other weekend because my parents were divorced, trying to survive, trying to do well in school, and just, you know, just trying to be good. To be honest, I wasn't ever the smartest man. And I'm not saying you have to be the smartest man. Um, but it's nice if you have great smarts. <laughs> it's great that you, you know, if you have that really high IQ. Um, not that I'm dumb or anything. I mean, I do have a master's degree in business. But yeah, it's just, it, it took work. But I haven't really fully accomplished where I want in my life. To be honest, I'm thankful I got a degree, a master's degree, but it hasn't all helped me out in this life too much. It, it's been beneficial in the sense that I teach um, college courses and I've taught in a college environment. So that's helped me in that aspect. But other than that, it hasn't really gotten me where I wanted to go. It hasn't gotten me to the point of those incredible jobs that many go off to be successful at. And I don't know if that's partly my fault, Partly where I went to school, which wasn't an Ivy League, it was just it was just an, a normal college. Um, so maybe that that was part of it. So there was a lot of things that I could have done differently, you know. So um, think about that out there when you think about your life right now. And if there's any people out there who are 18 starting out and they're really trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, just know to take your time. It, you don't have to rush. Out of high school, I was I was technically, I was really just rushed. Get a job or go to school. Get a job, go to school. It wasn't like, hey, Joseph, um, take some time to decide what you really want to do with your life before you do something. You know, and we'll support you. You know, that's what I hope to do for my daughter one day. You know, I want to guide her in a way where she will choose wisely what she wants to do with her life and if she doesn't know what she wants to do right out of high school that's okay too i'll give her that freedom and i will support her i just don't want her to make the same mistakes i did you know i want her to have a childhood in a sense 
uh, an adulthood, a young adulthood, and be able to go do good things and go explore things and, you know, things I never got to do, you know. And uh, we, we all hope for as parents that we give our kids better than what we had, you know. And, and it's getting better, you know. I'm certainly giving her, trying to give her a better life than I had as a child. Um, you know, aside from that, we lived in some crappy towns. We lived in Los Angeles, South L.A. We lived in cities like Bell Gardens, you know. And I call it Bell Garbage. That's one of the crappiest towns anybody could ever live. Um, you know, and I lived in other fairly mid, you know, middle class type, type towns as well. But, you know, I don't remember, to be honest. Some people, that's find, I find that strange. Is some people maybe would ask me, hey, Joseph, how was your high school? I, I, I don't really remember. I was also bullied in high school. I was bullied in middle school. People picked on me because I was the fat kid, you know, and I'm still on the chunky side, and that's just part of me. So I've had to try to learn to accept myself. <laughs> but um, but if I had to do a movie reference of a of a kid that um, reminds me so much of me, and I, I it's just like amazing. Um, if you ever obviously have seen the movie It, either the original from 1990, which is my favorite by far. Um, ben Hansen, probably, or Ben, is probably the kid that most resembles me. And I think the first one, 1990, is what resembles me the most. <laughs> I was like that, you know. Got picked on, got bullied, um, got made fun of. Yeah, so, and I, I'm not trying to say this to go boo-hoo-hoo, poor me. I'm just saying that that was a part of my life, you know, and I don't know that, you know, growing up out of high school, out of college, the bullying stopped, obviously, but I bullied myself for a lot of my years. And until today, I still bully myself. I still think of myself as in unworthy, worthless. Um, although as a Christian, I will say this. That, you know, and this is where I may lose some people because some people don't like me to people to talk about Christianity and like they get turned off by the subject. But my faith is a big part of my life, even though I struggle. And God says we're not worthless. God says we are we are so important to him because he died for us. Christ died for us. And he knows every hair on our head. He knows he collects every tear. And he puts it in a bottle for us. And he knows all our thoughts. And, you know, he's thinking about us all the time. And I, on the other hand, have, over the years, destructed myself. Especially in 2006. That was a hard... 2006, 2007, that was a very hard year. Which I will go into in a future date that you'll kind of get to know about. Um, but it's a, it's, it's really was a dark time in my, my life. Um, but right now I'm in a point where, you know, I have a job. I have two jobs. I have my writing, my family. It's hard, you know. I mean, keeping everything together is hard. And I'm not saying I'm in a bad place. I'm just saying that living life is hard. You know, you got bills. 
you got rent or mortgage. You have to pay that. Um, I'm well far away from retirement, obviously. I have over 20 years before I retire. And life is not steady right now. And we have this damn COVID-19. We have this pandemic going on. We have job losses. We have um, riots going on, looting. We have earthquakes. We have, you know, we, you name it, it's happening right now. You know, and it's, it's a sign of the times. And, you know, there are per, uh, prolific times that are coming ahead. Things are probably going to get worse one day. I hope I'm not here, but I may be here, you know. I pray for my daughter. I pray for her future. I worry about her future the most, too. About what's going to happen to her and how she's going to live and support herself. And I'm trying to, trying my hardest to create something for her where she has something. So when I leave here one day, you know, that's my one fear, you know, thinking about death, you know. I think we all should think about it. We should all accept it. Um, we should all really, really, really think about like where's our life gonna, our soul's gonna go. You know, many people don't like to think about those things. You know, until it's too late. If you imagine the people who unfortunately died from COVID nineteen, many of them probably didn't even know they were gonna die. Many of them thought, hey, you know, this is just a flu, and I'm gonna be okay. And then, bam, they're dead. And then they're leaving behind their family, their kids. Um, some with nothing, you know. It's unfortunate. But, you know, where do we go from here? We just have to live, get up every day, start a new day. Sometimes many of us cry when we wake up in the morning because it's a new day. Some of us struggle. Some of us have a hard time struggling and just want to end it all and just say, hey, why am I in this life to struggle? Um, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I assure you. There is a plan. It's not, we are just not aimlessly going through life where nothing is meaningless. You know, and I'm not trying to get philosophical on you, everyone out there. But, you know, it, it, there's a purpose to life out here. You know, life isn't always that great. And like I said, there are a lot of people out there who had a far worse situation, who live in poverty, who live in homelessness, who don't eat every day. Who don't have a roof over their head. Um, who don't have family. Who don't have a lot to, as far as support systems. And it, I can only imagine what those people go through. Because I, I wouldn't want to live life like that. I, I wouldn't. I mean, those people are real, the real troopers. Because they're, they're sticking through life and they're like not giving up. They're like, I'm not going to do it. I probably would have, to be honest, not to get too graphic, if I was living that kind of life, I probably would have off myself already. Who wants to live like that, right? I, I don't know who does. You know, who wants to live, you know, always being in the dumps all the time. But, you know, those many of those people believe, like I do, that God has a purpose for our lives. You know, it's not random. But God has a purpose for all of us, you know, good and bad. You know, whatever happens in our life. So I have to try to remember that. Even in those times where I was going through my my darkest moments, my darkest times, my hard times. You know, even recently when I was in November when I was unemployed and I had bills to pay and I have a family to support and I have a car payment and credit cards and whatever. You know, everything just is, feels like it's on your shoulders and you're, it's going to snap your back in half. 
But each day is a new day. Each day brings new hope. But after a certain point, you feel like you're going to lose hope. I was getting to that point, and it was only a couple months. I can only imagine the people that are going through right now who've been unemployed for more than six months, how hard that must be, especially with the pandemic making it even hard. By God, everybody's applying for jobs now, you know, trying to save themselves. And it's going to be hard. That's why I, I recommend, you know, people try to start their own companies in a way, even small as it is. As a business background, that's what I recommend. Make your own destiny. Make your own life, you know. Um, don't depend on companies or corporations to give you things or to to provide for you because they are going to disappoint you in the end. They do not care about you as much as they say they do. Yeah, we love you. We're, we're thankful for our employees. Yeah, they're thankful to the point that we help them make money. But many companies don't pay their employees enough to to provide um, retribution for the amount that people give back to their company, you know? So we have to think about that, you know? You know, it's just thinking about it. So everybody kind of got that off my chest. <laughs> Hopefully everyone's doing well out there. If not, drop me a line, find me. Say, hey, how you doing, Joe? And uh, we could talk. We can have a real conversation. Instead of, you know, uh, instead of just through an iPod, a uh, podcast. So, thank you, everybody. And I, I get new ideas each day on what I could talk to everyone out there about. Sometimes life gets in the way. That's why I haven't did a podcast in a few days. You know, but I hope to do it every other day or every at least a few times, five times a week at least. So you have some real substance to come back to and not just, you know, a few minutes. So with that being said, I'm going to leave us by this last song here. All right. I love the Eagles. I love their songs. I love their music. But thinking about Tequila Sunrise, right? What do you think when you hear this song? Tequila Sunrise, right? Sitting on, seeing the horizon come up above. It's another tequila seeing the sunset. With sun, you know. Slowly that's what I think about. The sky. Good times. Good times, right? That's what music does for us. It, it, thinks, it allows us to think of the good times, the bad, the hard times. It allows us to appreciate it. And, you know, it just allows us to go back in time, too. There's so many songs out there that I can think of. Um, 80s, 90s, that just bring back memories. It triggers something. Good and bad. So I leave you today. I thank you for taking the time. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave as much as I can. And I'm thankful for everybody out there. So thank you. Take care until next time. And thanks for talking with Joe Meyer.